With an urgent need to tackle the sharp digital divide between the world's online and offline populations, we must act now to enable access to critical services, tackle social exclusion and support career mobility for the offline population. The latest research from the Capgemini Research Institute highlights that the responsibility for addressing digital exclusion lies jointly with public and private organisations. We must come together to ensure that access to essential services isn't denied to those without digital skills. I'm Sally Caffey, Digital Inclusion Lead for Capgemini UK. And today I'm very pleased to be joined by Herman Benchy, co-founder and CEO of Code Your Future and longtime advocate for the provision of free training and guidance to disadvantaged individuals who dream of having a future career in technology. In this podcast, we'll be discussing crucial findings from this year's Great Digital Divide Report and share our thoughts and a UK perspective on why it should be a priority to bring the digitally excluded online. Herman, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, Sally, for having me here. Perhaps you could kick things off by telling our listeners a bit more about Code Your Future and the work that you do around digital inclusion, skills building and mentoring in the UK. So yeah, my name is Herman. I uh, lead Code Your Future. Code Your Future is a nonprofit organization that supports refugees and people from disadvantaged backgrounds um, in training and support to start a career in tech. Uh, and we do this by um, having a community of volunteers and trainers that are giving their experience, uh, their expertise to support these groups in starting basically a new life. Brilliant. Thank you. It's really, really great to have you with us today. Let's start with a few observations on the report. And, and for me, there was one thing that came out as quite surprising. I think sometimes in the UK, there's a perception that the digital divide exists in other countries, but not in the UK. You know, it's not something that, that we have here. Mm. Yet, if we look at the report of the 5,000 people we spoke to, almost 20% were in the UK. And of that 20%, a big proportion of them were below the age of 36. So although a third of this group were in full-time employment, they haven't used the internet within the last 12 months. And the reason they talk about this is, is the, the reason for this is the cost. So not just the cost of the device, but also the cost of, of paying for internet access to stay online. I don't know whether this is something that you see in your day-to-day -day work, but for me, I thought that was quite, quite a surprising statistic. I think you're absolutely right when people think of access to the internet is always considered something that countries like the UK should not be suffering from. Um, but but yeah, from, from our experience, from the day number one uh, at Code Your Future, we, we did see that happening. Uh, of course, we were working and we, we do work with a very specific part of society um, and and they have um, they, they lack from very you know the most basic resources uh, but it did surprise me from the report to see how how widespread it was that um, it was not um, as it would have considered that just the elderly they they were they were offline but just people across society and and that's something that definitely I think you know it would be worth exploring um, in the conversation. It also applies, that brings us neatly onto an, another group that came out as, as one that is significantly offline, and that is people suffering from either a health condition or a disability, where they've got a sense that it's, it's too hard. So I've seen this with one of our other partnerships, Digital Unite, where our volunteers have been helping people who are fearful because they struggle with mobility issues or visibility of the screen. So that again is an area which 
you know, it, it is relatively easy to tackle if you have the right training or understand the keyboard or the mouse, how to make a difference to people that might lack confidence because they feel like they can't do it or they can't work the mouse. And again, I, I know you've had some people on your courses with disability, but it's the little things, I guess, where you can help make a difference to those groups. Yeah, I, I think it's um, you know the, the 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 connection between people that have a certain disability of health condition, and and the the complexity of access to to the service. I think it is is it it, it, it has both ways. On on one hand, I believe um, a lot of the technology has been created um, disregarding people with different needs. Um, I think there is the, the accessibility issue is is something that I think is quite widespread in 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 the tech, in the tech sector. Um, it, it feels to me that you know the development of, of of technology has has happened so quickly, and you know there has been so many incredible discoveries and so many advances from um, from how the internet works nowadays, how devices run. But I think it has left people behind. Um, and um, and I think that sort of like it, it paints a picture around like you know the, the state of the tech sector. Uh, but on the other hand, for sure, I think there is like the, I think the the education, the training would do a lot to demystify technology and act the access to it. And and how to, there are many people within the sector that are very interested, are fighting really hard to make um, the internet more accessible. And, um, and and that's something that um, I think you know. It's again, this is a, a wake up call for for people to to keep to keep thinking on society at large, um, and not just on their you know on their power users or on, on what they think you know those are the, the their target group within um, you know within their clients or you know beneficiaries, etc. I think that's a really good point, and that was one of the things that really struck me with our volunteers working with some of these groups where they were learning new things themselves. So they were learning things about how you use a keyboard, how you can use your mouse in order to make the systems that we design every day more accessible. So there's very much a kind of virtuous circle really between our volunteers helping with some of these groups and our day jobs. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people in the sector now that are thinking very hard about about how we address some of these challenges. I think the third, the third, the third group, which I, for me, I think is the more obvious one, which is the over seventies, and that's where I think there may be a bit of a catalyst for change through through the recent COVID situation. I mean, my my example of that one is is my my mother is now a bit of a Zoom expert, so I think that's quite interesting. She would never have wanted to do it before. She can't quite log on herself, but she's very very comfortable using technology to talk to me as is my aunt. So I think, again, that's perhaps an area where friends and family are helping each other now, motivated by the current situation. And I'm hopeful that that will, will create an increase in confidence. Yeah, I think sort of, um, you know, in, in, in this, um, you know, this is the sector that you know, most people would have thought of, okay, that, that's, that's where you will see the, the offline population, uh, people that are Older and perhaps you know did not have the chance or the training to 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 get online um, and and yes that I think I think um, the silver lining of, of of this pandemic has been to to see the internet 
um, not only as a, as a source of entertainment, as a source to 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 spend some time, but just you know as a really this uh, life saving um, line to connect with other people because there wasn't suddenly no other no other option. So it has forced loads of people to say to really make that effort and and spend some time building those connections. So I I, I yeah I agree that this you know this has been a time for those communities or for those people that were, you know, they're fortunate enough to have families, relatives, friends, um, and to support them to get online, then I am pretty sure now they're definitely online. Um, and I'm sure that they're super grateful for it. Uh, for me, it's, you know, working in, in a nonprofit organization like Code Your Future, always my, my thoughts are going for those that are um, more isolated from society that do not have many connections, um, like, you know, like asylum seekers in, in the different countries, like in the UK that are here in the country are waiting for the refugee status and do not know many people. And suddenly, you know, all of this came and now they're completely offline. And, um, and, and that's something that, you know, it has been a, a source of, of concern for, for all of us. While at the same time, you have um, organizations that where we're offering this support, but because of the situation, they, 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 they had to either be furloughed, they couldn't, you know, they, they, they cannot do their, their work because perhaps they were doing most of that offline, face to face. And now suddenly, you know, this extra support is not there. Um, so, you know, it, it builds a big, a big picture, um, what's what we're seeing right now. I couldn't agree more. Just one last group. I mean, th this, I think, is one we did know about as well. But the report really highlights the challenge that, that we have on a daily basis about how do we engage more females with technology? And I know you've given some thought to this. And I think I think the key points that, that the report mentions is is number one lack of interest so so in getting interested and and engaged with technology in the first place and then secondly less likely to own their own computer or laptop or or mobile phone so, so therefore less confident yeah so from the very beginning at code your future we well first as a cost of the population that we started working with which which were refugees and asylum seekers they are more you know, male male refugees in the UK than females. So that was sort of a natural um, a natural result that we would have more um, more male applicants. But then two years ago, when we when we uh, expanded our support group to include um, other disadvantaged populations, um, people living below poverty line. Um, discriminated minorities, uh, people with disabilities, then we started seeing that the tendency was the same, that we, we always had more male applicants than, than female. And, um, and yeah, I think the reasons, I, I think sort of the, the, you know, when we, when people say lack of interest, you know, there, there's, I think there can be many reasons behind that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, what I believe within, you know, within this, this, this topic is that, uh, you know, there has been a very long, standing issue around the representation of, uh, of of females in the in the tech sector and i think that has to me that connects a lot with like then later on not seeing many people online i think there is something there to be to be said about like you know for whom this these technologies were developed um, and then later on you know it connects with the, the lack of role models um 
if you type who you are, you know, who are, you know, people pay somebody online, you know, it's, it's probably going to be um, a male person. So I think, you know, this is, again, something that luckily over the last years, quite a few organizations have been working really hard to, you know, to to build more, bring more skills, more representation, more role models uh, among females. Um, but we believe also at Code Your Future that there is more to be done. And, um, you know, from, from with the groups that we are working on, that's, you know, that's sort of like a project that, you know, is, 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 is becoming a priority for us to really spend time more with um, female um, populations, uh, particularly, you know, with, you know, people from minorities uh, background, that um, they're also going to be starting in, in, in a very different position uh, because, um, you know, for cultural reasons, they are not as, you know, they're not going to be as connected or they're not going to be as expected to be online. Um, so, so those for us are, are, are really important areas. So I, I think the, the, the report, um, when it comes to connecting young people with the, the you know, the, the, the why they don't connect, which is mostly costs. That's something that you know we we can see, we can understand. Um, so, so many young people that are uh, working on minimum wage jobs, it's going to be an issue. Um, and then, like you know, the connection of disability with the, the the perhaps the lack of accessibility or the lack of knowledge around accessibility. And then finally, um, you know, like seeing sort of like not female less connected than males. And I think you mentioned role models there in relation to females. That's something we feel quite strongly about in Capgemini, and, and over time are building up. I guess that summary takes me on to on to sort of reflecting on the reasons when we we first started working together. I think one of the reasons we got on so well and connected around the, the program with Code Your Future is this conviction that if you're digitally excluded, you're also socially excluded or at risk of being socially excluded. And if you're socially excluded, you're less likely to be digitally included because there is this, this circle of impact. And for me, it's that kind of vital link between digital exclusion and social exclusion that really drives what we do on a daily basis. And I always think about it as, you know, imagine if you were going to your job interview and you didn't have Google Maps, so you couldn't find the place or you couldn't check the address or you couldn't phone to say you were late. There's so many things that we take for granted. And it really brings it home if you think about some of the people you've just described and, you know, looking to apply for jobs online, looking to further their careers online and even get to interviews. It's really, really hard if you haven't got some of these digital skills. I think, I mean, you've probably said it, but, but, but I guess that's where you're helping some of the communities on a day-to-day -day basis. I'd be interested to know where you see them needing or, or being impacted most by not being online. Yeah, no, you're right, Sally. I mean, there's so many aspects. I think particularly over the last 20 years, there has been such a um, such a deep immersion of, of online services into the everyday um, so that it becomes something that affects, you know, it can affect you from the, almost from the moment that you wake up. Um, and um, And if we think, you know, one area, for example, of like the area of employment, um, right now, the expectation is not only um, wh where the jobs are 
in terms of like, well, how are you going to do a search for jobs? That's mostly online. There is, you know, the, 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 most of the jobs, you, you, if you want to do a search, they're going to be online. Mm. Um, but then it is the expectation of if you're going to be applying for a job, you, you, are, um, you are expected to, to have done a number of things. You're expected to have researched the company, to understand what the job is about, to have read about a number of things, to have trained uh, online on, on the particular uh, job that you're applying, even for, even for um, you know, relatively low-skilled jobs. Um, th- there's going to be all this buildup of reasons why I, I wouldn't hire you. Or decide to hire you, mm-hmm. so it's it's um, it's very big. And and for us, of course, at, at Cody Future, you know, one of the emphasis is around education. You know, for us, education is the tool, is the key to unlock so many more opportunities later on. So, for us, the internet is an, an incredible tool that can um, help so many people learn new skills. But however, if you don't, if you're not online, or if you're not um, um, adapted to 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 use it, then you're missing out on a lot of knowledge and a lot of resources that are are available. Um, so you know that that is for for us is, is one of the, the the big components that uh, that mix between the education and employment opportunities. Um, before you would thought. Um, you would have thought, okay, I'll, I'll I'll go to university, I'll get a degree, and I'll get certain knowledge, and and that's it. That that's all I need to to get a job to to find employment. But but nowadays it's not. It's 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 this constant learning, this constant growing, constant reading, just even just the awareness of what's out there, um, a number of uh, of words and terminologies that people have to be familiar with. To be able to feel that okay, yes, this person is ready. I want to employ them. Um, so it, it's so embedded in society that um, it, it becomes it is this huge gap, you know, as 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 they call it, this huge digital divide that it's just becoming wider and wider. Um, so yeah, that that is what I guess that sort of like our our small contribution to society is to to offer these resources and and and, and support people to build that bridge onto the other side. We tend to look at it in, in Capgemini as, as the digital skills you need for work and for life. And it's just as challenging, I guess, from a personal basis as well. So I think as, you, as you're learning, as you've just described it, from a work perspective, you're also gaining the skills you need from a life perspective. So being confident, accessing public services, more and more of which are going online. Yeah. Um, imagine if you have to claim some sort of benefit but actually you can't work your way through the system i mean you see in all the all the statistics and i've experienced it myself when i've been working with with um with some individuals that were were real internet novices it's really really hard to work your way through some of the online systems and procedures if you're not confident on the internet and we see from the you know even the people that are offline in the report are you know you might be confident with email but you're not necessarily confident following a, a complex online application process, or you may not be confident um, sort of dealing with um, detailed searches or you know checking for information. And I think I think it's that whole spectrum of skills that you need 
to be able to really participate in work and life in the way that we take for granted. I think it's it's very um very challenging to build up those skills. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that part that you mentioned around the the the, the volunteering experience on trying to support somebody to get online and, and to get um to get into yeah to 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 have um more more thorough um, online skills is that when you have to explain somebody why things are in a certain way that's when you start realizing how incoherent so many things are and how many um how actually how difficult they are and it is only because we have been trained it is only because we are on a on a daily basis connected and constantly having to learn new skills new um, new services on new tools that for us they become second nature but they are not mm-hmm. um so so i think that's you know that is one of the of the, of the beautiful things of doing volunteering is that they it 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 becomes to, you get this awareness about how things really are uh, because we forget we just we become blind to the to the day to day they just be we we do not notice it but they're still there for so many people absolutely right and so I've learned so much just partly the realization of what you've just described is that these things aren't intuitive mm. but I've also learned that I'm not that confident myself so. I do what I do because I, I know the process. Yeah. I'm sort of learning to experiment because actually I think you're never going to know everything about how to work digital systems or the internet or whatever. What you do need to do is get to a level of confidence and learning where you can work it out. And that's, I think, what I see when I do my volunteering, but, but I also see it in, in some of the things with your students. It's like, once you've learned how to learn, you then become self-sufficient because the internet is never going to stop changing, is it? It's how do you give people that confidence to to experiment and keep keep evolving with it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that that's that's an area that for us it's um, it, it 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 is it is always an eye opening. Mm. And I think, I mean, I don't know. Just thinking about about the recent sort of pandemic is on the positive. It's what we just described. I can see people. Um, rising to the challenge, friends helping friends, family helping family, and and people actually suddenly finding the motivation to learn because they can connect with other people. If I'm feeling negative, I would say that actually those without any support or productivity, I really worry about their well-being because it is such a fundamental part of our sort of day-to-day life now. And I think that's really why why this is such an important issue. Um, This period has, has been such a difficult time for for those that were vulnerable those that are vulnerable those that do not have many resources because society i think until the pandemic basically assumed well people are online right so it's going to be no problem people can work from home or people have laptops and they have all this you know great internet access um and we are realizing that a lot of people are not and so I think that's that that's become a particularly difficult time for anybody that is that is isolated, that is vulnerable. And I think the the hardest thing will be over the coming months because right now we're not hearing their stories mm. because they are not connected. Who's reaching out to them? There is no way to really be able to to know. And it's going to be only with time that we're going to start really finding out how much people have suffered um, for being completely disconnected 
and not having any you know any other choice i think that's going to be you know that's going to be a, a discovery over the coming months thank you herman i think this brings us neatly to the end of today's episode but join us for part two as we discuss the all-important question of how organisations and governments can tackle the ever-present digital divide. Thanks for listening.